Listening to the Paul Boy Podcast, twenty at twenty. Hello and welcome back to another Paul Boy podcast, continuing our trawl through the twenty best moments from the last twenty years. It's Steve here once again, and on this podcast, I had the chance to speak to one of Britain's most successful swimmers, that's double Olympic champion Rebecca Adlington. So. We talked about her medal-winning exploits at the 2008 Olympics in Beijing. Let's have a listen and see what she had to say. Thinking back to, to 2008 and you know, the early part of that year, what was your, what was your feeling as you got ready for, for the Olympics? I mean, you, you kind of burst onto the scene a couple of years before, maybe not had the world championships you would have liked in 2007 and, and then bounced back at trials and world short course in 2008. So what was your... What was your view of, of the Olympics and, and how it would go for you as you started preparing for them? I knew going into it that like not to read too much into like rankings and what people had done. I knew that just because I was going in ranks like with America and everyone having their trials at different times. And like, even though, cause I think I was still going in ranked at least in the top three for the 800 but I just knew I couldn't really take that as face value I kind of felt like it didn't really mean anything and nobody's going to remember something that's who was ranked number one going into the Olympics they remember who wins the Olympic medal not the rankings going into it so I kind of felt um that eased the pressure slightly but at the same time because I didn't know anyone I'd never been in a international final before i'd been in the european final but i didn't make the final like you said at worlds the year before so i had no idea and there was only me and bill have only ever ever had one argument in our whole entire time together and it was before beijing we went to that rome seven hills meet and i just everyone was swimming so fast like the whole british team went that were going to the olympics and everyone was flying and I was pretty much one of the few that swam absolutely crap and I just remember getting out going what am I doing wrong like what what is going on like why am I swimming so bad and yet everyone's looking at me everyone's going well she's had an amazing trials and she had a great short course what's going on and it was like I just felt so I'd never really talked to Bill about the Olympics before. I never really talked to him or opened up to him what it meant to me and what we both thought was going to happen. And it took that kind of argument and took that frustration of me not knowing how to communicate that for him to say, Beck, what's going on? And it was the first time I ever said to him, like, I don't know how I'm meant to be feeling. I've made the Olympics, which is great, but now what? Like, how do I process this? I've never been in this situation before. And that's when, like, Bill really sat down and talked to me about everything, told me kind of like, look, this doesn't matter and this will happen at the Olympics and expect these things and expect the unexpected and like really just told me about it, to be honest, and said like, I'm here to share that pressure with you. Like we're both in this together. You're not swimming well because I've not prepared you to swim well. Like I've prepared you to race, to train hard right now. That's why you're racing dog crap here. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. Good to know. He'd never really told me that to not, expect to swim well like he was not going to say to his swimmer you're going to swim crappy because that's like there's no mental point of doing that but that's actually 
he hadn't trained, he hadn't done focus my training around swimming fast then. Um, so I was very grateful that we had that conversation and it lifted a lot of my pressure, a lot of my expectations. And that's when we first sat down and said, right, well, my target is to make the final for the 400 and my target is a possible bronze medal in the 800. That's where we, that kind of was born um, from dealing with that like bit of animosity and that bit of frustration and that bit of tension. Um, so the outcome was very good to say the least. So then it was good. And I think my preparation for Beijing before that, like so much hard work was done. It was just in the final taper stages. I really struggled when I got to Japan to sleep. I really struggled with the jet lag. Um, I don't travel very well. So I really struggled in Japan. And from not having sleep, that's when I got a chest infection and the doctor put me on antibiotics. And that's when like everyone then started getting a bit nervous that's when everyone was like, I remember Patrick Miley because Bill and Patrick Miley were sharing and he kept saying to, to Bill, he was like, you need to make sure Rebecca doesn't do this and you need to make sure this and you need to do this. And Bill was like, Patrick, Rebecca's fine. Let her rest and let her get over this. Like her body will get there. Just let the antibiotics do the job. And Patrick was stressing and Bill was just really calm. And I think inside of him, he thought, oh, say as if she's got a chest infection now like literally now and the course of antibiotics finishes the day before the 400 but it just you just can't control those things and I'd done the hard work I did rest I did everything possible and Bill just trusted in that and we, we had to just trust in that it would be okay so you went from from holding camp in Japan into into Beijing what do you remember about the pool the first time you went there first time you swam there you know the, the big water cube with the with the fantastic sort of facade it's the very first time i've ever been blown away by a facility like i'd never been to that before like i thought the um stadium in australia so for melbourne worlds was amazing it was um, and obviously the budapest pool's really lovely but beijing was just unlike anything i'd ever seen and i remember walking in and i just got instant butterflies and i just couldn't believe it i looked up at the stands because there was obviously no one in them when we went in it i just was like how many seats is that? Like, I literally just couldn't see the end. It was like seats, seats, seats. And I was just like blown away. I just thought this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. And it was, it was the first time I got that buzz of, okay, this is different. Like, I didn't know what to expect of the Olympics, but that moment of walking into the pool made me realize, okay, this is what an Olympics is. This is the difference. This is kind of taking it up a notch and that upper gear. And it was just the pool and seeing every different athletes. I felt like, I didn't probably say a word for two days because I was just looking and taking everything in and just like going like everything around you when you go into the village or the pool and everything like that because you're just trying to absorb everything possible. 400 was on on the second day of competition. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of straddled two and three, I guess, with the, with the, uh, with the, the morning finals. But um, was that a good for you to get in and get that swim early in the week? You know, were you a swimmer yeah. who liked to just get on with it? Yeah, yeah. I, I really, really struggled as an athlete when the four and eight were really close. Um, that's why I'd never really done the 400 before because of the scheduling. So for me, the more rest I had in between, the better. That was like, I needed the recovery. Like I needed that time. So for me, it couldn't have been better. Um, and it was kind of, it was nice to get one day out of a competition, like going because I, I would, I wouldn't necessarily want to be the very first event up on the very first day. That would, like, it's nice to kind of like have a day to get into it, 
um, and to kind of see how everything works before then. So it, it worked out perfectly um, in the end. It was still very bizarre having the heats and the finals like morning and night thing. Like, I don't think anyone got used to that. Do you know what I mean? That was just weird. It was, it was weird. We're allowed to say it. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so you, uh, you set a PB in the 400 heats, 402 something. So it was, a, uh, you know, quicker than you'd gone at trials. Did that, did that boost your confidence? I think you were third fastest into the final. You said your aim was to make the final in the 400. Did you reevaluate that, that aim having swum your heat? No, it was like literally like I'd swam it. I felt really good and obviously was really pleased. And it was just a nice then that it took the pressure off. Bill was like, you can now go and enjoy the final and what will happen will happen. And it wasn't a case of let's now strive for a medal. Like Bill didn't even mention that to me. Whether he thought that, I don't know, it was very different. But I certainly never thought I could get a medal in it. I just thought, brilliant, I've made the final. Let's see what can happen. Um, and it was just one of those that definitely gives you confidence. As soon as you've blown those cobwebs away, you're like, yeah. <laughs> like, of course, it would just made it, a lot easier process that you've got a lot more natural easy speed and that you feel good um i knew it was kind of like the chest infection hadn't hindered anything either for me it was a case of how was i going to be feeling after being ill and luckily i felt fine so i was like brilliant like can't complain with that the 400 final then had you and, and bill talked about how how the race might go or or was it literally as you say get out there enjoy it and what will happen happen I was one of those people, like every athlete was totally different, like with how they prepared, like Katie, I always call her Kath, sorry. Like with living with Kath, it was always a case of like, she loved to know what was going on with the rest of the world and research and everything like that. I never did that really, unless something was like major news, I didn't really look into it. So I didn't know a massive amount about the athletes in the final with me. Obviously I knew about Joe, um, obviously <laughs> with racing her and I knew about like Laura Manadu and people like that but some of the other girls I'd never I didn't know anything about um, I always assumed Katie was way more half was way more IM based than she was 400 free. so I didn't really know too much about it so I kind of left all of that stuff to Bill and Bill was the one to then say okay the race is going and he didn't ever tell me about a specific person he just warned me, he was like, look, they're going to take the race out fast, early doors. They're going to go for it. They're going to fly off the mark. And he more just talked me through that side rather than a specific person because he had done all the research, not me. Um, so I kind of think with the fact that I was like that, I think helped me because I wasn't then worried about one specific person. I then got to just swim my own race and um, I found it very, I've just felt awful that morning. Like I just felt crap. I just couldn't wake up even in the warm up, I was miles off my pace in the warm up. Like I normally do four hundreds descend and then I do four fifties pace in my warm up every time. And I was just way off pace. Like I was just so slow. I just felt really lethargic. Um, I just couldn't wake up basically and I was really nervous like I remember being so nervous like I felt like I was going to throw up like just too I almost like had to really rein in my nerves because I was just felt like I was going to pass out I felt like I couldn't really eat anything I was just so nervous um so trying to control that but Bill told me and warned me that the race was going to go out hard and I just couldn't do anything about it I dived in and I just didn't have that easy speed um but actually with not having that easy speed 
helped me because I was able to save more in the tank for the second half. Even though I didn't tactically mean to do that, that's the way it ended up being because I just couldn't wake up. And it took me a little bit, I think being more of a distance swimmer, like Joe was more suited to the two and the four. So for her, it suited her going out a little bit smoother. Whereas for me, I think it suited me that I was one of the few girls that did the four and the eight and was more the distance side to be able to come back so strong. Um, so I think that's, and I think a massive part of it was being next to Joe. Like me and Joe helped each other so much when we raced and it was so much like we supported one another. We felt each other's security nets almost. It wasn't like this really intense rivalry. We, I always wanted to see Joe on the block and I think that really helped us not get too overwhelmed when we're in the call room. I think because I was so nervous and then as soon as I got to the call room and I was sat next to Joe, she calmed me because I was like, okay, this is usual. This isn't, this doesn't make it feel like we're at the Olympics because I'm just next to my best mate. So I think she really calmed me in that, in that, at that point. So, you, I mean, you said that the race would go out fast. I mean, Law Manadou over in one of the outside lanes did go off fast. But the, but the reality is that the rest of the field kind of stayed together for maybe 250 metres. You know, were you aware how close the race was while you were swimming? I mean, you can see, see people either side um, and stuff like that. I think for that pacing, like I knew I was struggling with that pace. And I think that's, you've got to tell yourself in your head, okay, I can't go any faster, so I hope they don't pick it up, but I know I can pick it up at the end. Um, so I think you've just got to hope to God nobody goes off too fast, like early, as in like on 300 or whatever. It started to split about 300, I think, with Katie, because Katie was quite far ahead um, towards the last 100 metres. And obviously Laura started to die, bless her. She, she ran out of energy. Um, but it was one of those that, I don't think any of us expected it to be slower. I don't think people realized the morning element and that it was going to be a lot slower than, I think it was a full second in the end, slower than what we had, I don't know, I can't remember exactly, but it was, I, I swung the heat much quicker than I did the final because I think, every, I don't think it was just me that felt sluggish in the morning. I think probably some of the other girls found that effect as well. Um, never spoken to any of them about it, but I imagine they all kind of felt the effects of swimming a morning final. I mean, you mentioned Katie Hoff. She really put a big, a big spurt in, if you like, and she had you know, a couple of metres on the field. Um, yeah. off, the, off the 300 metre wall, I mean, she was, you know, not clear water maybe, but she was certainly, certainly leading. Um, you, you've already said that you, you knew you could bring it back hard could you see where where Katie was and was it just a case of well I've just got to swim as fast as I can down this hundred and, and what will happen happens all I saw was her feet and I just thought to myself right ignore Kate like Katie's gone like I knew Katie was gone my issue was I didn't I couldn't see anyone the other side of her so I didn't know what was happening and all I then saw was like, we were all in kind of a line, like me, Joe, like this side of the pool were a lot more closer together. Um, and obviously I didn't know what was happening over there. So I just thought to myself, okay, all I can do now is come back as hard as I possibly can and build on that. Um, and to be honest, I just, I still, when I watch the race back, do not know how Katie lost that race, like not lost, but came second, because I still watch it back and go, how? Like, how? like I, I don't physically understand. I'm not going to argue because I'm not going to give my medal away, but she was so far ahead and 
it was literally like, it didn't even look like she was massively dying. Like when you watch it and it's just, I, yeah, I don't know what, she just must have gone too hard too soon. But um, yeah, for, for us guys, I just remember thinking to me and Joe, hold on, we're in a good spot here. Obviously I, I didn't think we could win it, but I thought, okay, we're definitely two, three, four, and five. We're definitely in that bulk of people. Um, so it was just a case of putting my head down and going, like literally just empty the tank on this last, last length, give it all you can um, and whatever. So I was very lucky with the timing because I literally just won it on the touch. If that wall was a couple of meters before, I don't, there'd have been no chance. When you talk about the finish, I mean, it, it, was, it was seven one hundreds. Did you do a lot of work on, on skills? For the finish, because you finished right on the on the end of a on the end of a stroke, in case you finished with a flat hand, and that could have been the you know the difference in the end. Yeah, no, not really. Like we did, like my finishes were never bad. For me, it was always my turns that were bad. My start, my turns were terrible. So they were always the things we focused on more than finishing, because my finishes were never bad um i've never had a history or any had any problem so it was always starts and turns focus over finish focus but um yeah it was just she just yeah like you said just timing and just i knew my stroke rate i knew my stroke count and i knew that i could get there with the right stroking so it was just ideal and obviously she just went Maybe it's because she was just struggling. She just didn't get it right. It's hot. I feel like it's sometimes on front crawl, it's one of the, it's one of the easier strokes to get right. It's not like butterfly or breaststroke where you have to get the time. Like, do you know what I mean? The timing's so crucial on butterfly and breaststroke. Whereas front crawl, I think you can slightly get away with it a little bit more. So having having touched, did you know what the outcome was, or was it a complete shock when you you turned to the board? Complete shock. Like, I think um, when I watched it back, you literally see the sheer disbelief in mine and Joe's face. Like you could see that we both look at each other going, what, <laughs> is that real? Like, it was just, I couldn't believe it. And, and because the scoreboard was so far away and they did it really funny where it, like the scoreboard, the number was quite far away from your name. So I was like, is that next to my name? Like, it was like, it took a moment to like really digest it and it took a breath. And then I can just remember me and Joe and like, I just grabbed Joe because I was just like, I couldn't believe it. Like I was in sheer disbelief what had just happened, but so pleased because not only did I get a medal, but my best mate got a medal as well. And both of us were just like, oh my God. it was just the whole way round media interviews and the whole way in the, um waiting room to get the, to go on the podium we just kept looking at each other going like we just kept shaking our heads and laughing because neither one of us could still believe it like even though we had done all the interviews we had wait we were waiting for our medals both of us just like we just oh my god like that was amazing like we just couldn't digest it it was just a lovely moment to be there with each other and it wouldn't have been as good if we weren't with each other i think it really helps that we were in a, that we were sharing that experience and with katie speaking obviously english anyway it's much harder when the other girl you don't speak the same language with obviously katie being american it, we had a really nice laugh and we had a really good chat and it was really lovely and it made just that whole experience so much better katie wasn't off with me or there was no kind of saw that there was no none of that and it was just uh yeah it was a, a lovely moment so what do you what do you recall about the presentation itself i mean the moment when you got to stand up on the on the top of the podium and, and someone hands you an olympic gold medal 
it was weird because I'm my mum and dad were always there, yet my mum and dad weren't there for the 400. So it was a very bizarre thing because I'm always just normally looking for my mum and dad and just focused on my mum and dad. So it's like really the first time I had ever not seen my mum and dad and just able to look at my teammates and the crowd and like really focus it all in. And obviously I got to see Joe and Katie get theirs first. And then hearing my name, it was just like, oh my God, I never thought it was going to ever happen. I thought winning a gold medal at the Olympics was like winning the lottery. I never thought it would happen, especially to me, like a girl from Mansfield, like what? Like I just never thought it was possible. And I just remember looking over at all my teammates and Bill just going crazy. And all of them then started singing the national anthem. Like me and Joe just looked at each other and like, I felt so emotional, but I, but I felt so happy that like, it wasn't like, tears emotion it was just I couldn't stop laughing hearing the terrible singing that was going on in the crowds from our teammates because they were just belting it out and the singing of them I was just like oh my god this is hilarious and just having that moment was just absolutely incredible like it was just yeah never expected to hear the national anthem you never expect to see two GB flags go up as well so to have two great British flags going up was just like an amazing moment like just something that I hadn't seen in a very long time and makes you very proud to be British and everything else so yeah it was just a very heartwarming amazing moment um, and just all the hard work I paid off like both me and Joe were just like oh my god like we've done it we've done it now like we've done it it's it's over and, and it paid off <laughs> you obviously had the, the rest of the meet still to come so did you have to kind of draw a line under that and actually maybe forget about it almost for a little bit you know to get yourself ready for your for your other swims definitely I remember going back into the room and taking my medal off and blocking it in my bedside drawer and just totally forgetting about it and um, me and Bill used a quiet pool that they had set up in Beijing and um, Bill was very conscious that it was like my first Olympics and was very conscious that I didn't need to be in that arena it's emotionally very draining every day watching the Olympics even when you're just a fan like even when I watched Rio I was knackered and I hadn't even done anything because you're so invested into it and someone has a good swim someone has a bad swim and every race you're on the edge and you're like nervous and you're like pumped so Bill was very aware that he wanted to take me out of that a lot so we we used the quiet pool a lot which was 30 minutes outside of the village there was only me there and all these like Chinese kids that were just in their local pool watching their learn to swim program was just unbelievable. I'd never seen anything like it. They literally were just lined up on the edge of the pool and they just pushed them in like 40 kids in a row. And we were like, is that safe? Like <laughs> it was just like, we used that, but it took my mind off things. I was able, my sports scientist was at the quiet pool as well. Um, so it was just so nice that I just got to take myself out of that emotional environment and just kind of get back to just swimming um, and not be distracted. So that really helped me. Um, the drama of the four by two definitely played a toll because I was sat watching that with Caitlin so me and Caitlin were sat in the Olympic Village watching it on telly. We didn't go down. And there was loads of other people in the room as well, like Mark Foster was with us and there was a couple of the other guys. And I just remember when we didn't qualify, turning around and seeing Caitlin in absolute floods of tears. I just, my heart broke. And I was literally just like, I can't believe that's just happened. And it was a really hard emotional day because we've, 
were fully expecting to swim in that four by two final and especially Caitlin and Caitlin's the decision was to rest me Caitlin did not make the decision to not swim that decision was taken out of her hands and the coach made that decision without Caitlin and that was a very difficult one because that experience was robbed from her um so it was really hard as a friend and somebody that when you gear up to doing a four by two final and all my training was focused around this four by two so that that definitely was a hard day and a really sad day we were all on form like we were all swimming really well we know me and joe were swimming well um, the other girls were swimming really well so it was just it was that was that was tough that was a definite definitely tough day but again after that day i had to put it aside as much as i felt sad and much as i didn't like what had gone on um in the british team and the coaching that had made that decision there's nothing I could do. I literally had to go, okay, my 800s to come. I've now got to focus on this and put it to the side. Um, and that's exactly what I did. Just swam the heat and then was able to get a full day of rest and just focus back on what was happening and just, yeah, just chilling out, trying to recover as much as I can. So you swam, you swam a PB in the heat late 18 and you qualified fastest. And you'd said leading in no, the aim was you were going to try and battle and maybe get a, a bronze medal. You know, you won the 400, you knew you were in good form. Did you, did you kind of reevaluate your goals before that final? No, because I knew people like Lottie were coming into this, like the girls that I hadn't seen race yet that didn't necessarily were suited for the four, like Lottie Freeze, she was always predominantly 800. That was her event. Um, the Italian girl, I can't remember her first name, her last name was Filippi. Alessia, I think, Alessia Filippi. Thank yeah. you. And um, she, Again, predominantly, she was always a great 800 swimmer. She came back so strong. She was way more suited to, um, to the eight. So I knew that it was going to be a different kettle of fish. It didn't matter that I had won the four. Um, these were different girls, and it was going to be a different thing. It was a massive shock that um, Kate Ziegler and Laura Manor do because they were the two that had the big battle at the Worlds the year ahead. Um, and they were always the two that were spoken about for breaking the world record. It was either going to be Kate or Laura that was going to break that world record. So to not have them there was a huge shock, huge, huge, huge. I remember Bill saying to me after the heat, um, I came out and he went, oh, you, um, you should look at that world record for tomorrow. Or he said something about the world records. And I just turned around to him and was like, Bill, I'm not even thinking that. Do not even like mention that. Like, I think I just didn't need any extra pressure at that point, And I hadn't thought about it. The world record to me was never entertained. My PB was so far off it. That I was just like, what is the point? And it's not like I was 0.2 off it. Do you know what I mean? It was like, it was a big chunk off it. that I And I know that I swam slower in the final of the four than I did. So I thought, again, the same thing would happen. I thought I'd probably swim slower in the 800 final to the heat. So again, I just didn't see the need to entertain it. Um, and it was just one of those that I knew it was going to come be a completely different race. And I also knew that the girls came back very strong in that race. I knew that they were back end swimmers. Um, so I really had to kind of be on my top form to get anywhere near them. You say you knew that they were all back end swimmers, but actually you went out quite fast in that final. <laughs> was that, was that a, a plan or was it just a case that you dove in and you felt, felt great and you said, right, let's just get on with it. It was the, so me and Bill, I remember just Bill tapped my head. I literally was in the, I got out the warm up, swam really well in the warm up, whatever, and got out and I lay on the floor and 
I felt as if like I was shaking and I sat up and I turned around to Bill and went, I don't know what's wrong with me. And Bill tapped my head, literally like a dog. He tapped my head and went, it's just your body getting ready to race. And I was like, okay. I had to go to the loo about a hundred billion times. Like I just like felt just, oh my God. And then I got in the call room and it was Michael Phelps's race that I was watching in the call room. And I remember just, it totally distracted me because he was on for like his millionth gold medal or whatever. And I just was like, so in awe of what he achieved. Again, it did what it did in the fall. What Joe did to me in the fall, his race did that to me and it proper inspired me. I know that sounds like really cliche, but seeing somebody like Michael Phelps do what he's done, puts it into perspective. That if you're going for your second medal, it's not as good as the eighth. So like put it in perspective when Michael Phelps is doing what he's doing, like, come on. And it just like really just, I just was blown away. I was like, oh my God, like that just happened. That was crazy. It was just like insane what I just witnessed that I just felt, my God, like if he can do it, why can't any of us? And it, I just, it's the only time in my whole career I've turned around to Bill when he was walking me down to the call room and stopped him when he was talking tactics to me. I stopped him and went, Bill, I'm ready. And normally Bill wouldn't take that lying down as well. Normally Bill would be like, no, you need to do this. Whereas Bill was just like, okay. I think we both just knew something was about to happen. And I wanted him to trust that he has done all these can. Like he didn't need to tell me how to race. He had given me that for the past seven years of being with and being his swimmer do you know what I mean like he had given me everything I almost felt like he was like that parent moment where they send their kids off to school for the first time and I was a bit like that with Bill I was like Bill you don't need to hold my hand through this like trust in your ability as a coach that you have given me all you can like I've got this like I can do this and I just dived in and felt so good like I felt so easy I felt in control I just was like I didn't want to back down. I just, it felt so smooth that I was like, I'm going, I'm just going to keep going because if it feels this good all the way through, well then I'm laughing because it just felt so good. Um, and I remember looking over at him with about 200 meters to go. And I always look over at Bill. He's always giving me some sort of signal, pick it up or someone's come in or whatever. I always just look over him and it always just reassures me if I see him waving or whatever. And he was just going mental. And I was literally, I remember thinking, does that mean? I was like, maybe somebody's chasing me. I thought maybe somebody was chasing me that I couldn't see. I didn't know what it meant. Obviously I knew later it was because I was on world record pace. I didn't know that. I didn't have a clue how fast I was going. So I just put my head down and it was one of the most painful races of my whole entire life. I remember my shins being on fire. I felt as if somebody was stabbing me and they were on fire. That's how much my shins killed. I don't know why my shins, they just absolutely killed. My stomach was like a knot. I literally was like, it just cramped. And I was like, just push through, just get to the wall, just get to the wall. And hearing that ring, I was like, oh my God, that is music to your ears, isn't it? Just carried on going and put my head down. And it was just, I knew I had won. I knew that because I was like, I can't see anyone else. Surely nobody has caught me. I know I've won here, but there's still that little bit of doubt. Even It's kind of like you're 99.9% .9 sure, but there is still that little bit that you're like, have I won? But you just have to like confirm it. And seeing that I broke the world record, that was something I never, 
ever expected. I'd never even thought we were targeting to go 814. So it was just such a shock. Like, honestly, I couldn't believe that I had just swam that time. And it was just, yeah, unbelievable. How did the feeling compare to the four? I mean, you probably had some time thinking about it. You say you were 99% sure that you'd won. You know, whereas the four, you probably had no, you had no idea. Um, you know, how did how did the feeling compare? Well, you just couldn't have had two very different races, full of competition and a clear win. But I think a having my parents there for the eight was just massive for me. And my parents flashed upon the scoreboard because I didn't know where they were sit because they were my parents were part of the ticket fraud that went on in Beijing. Um, so my parents got there having no tickets because they had been a victim to ticket fraud. And luckily, Craig Lord gave given them two tickets from FINA I think or I don't know how Craig got them so Craig managed to give them two tickets but I had no idea where they were sat they had no idea because they were just picking up the tickets before the session um so it was one of those I couldn't even find my parents so the fact that the cameraman found my mum and dad I think it was just because they were where they were had all team GB stuff on that the camera flashed to them but it was just so amazing seeing them two crying their eyes out and so happy that for me, the eight will always be slightly better because my parents were there. Um, and it meant so much to them and so much to me to have them there um, and to break that world record as well. Like that was just something I never, ever expected. So the, and the 800 as well, I fully got to relax after that. Like I didn't even bother swimming down after the 800. I was like, sod this, for a, I'm not swimming down. I was like, I'm going straight to McDonald's. Like this is a different situation. Whereas after the four, you kind of like, you have to do a full swim down. You have to get a massage. You have to fully recover and eat the right things. Whereas after the eight, didn't have to go to see physio, didn't swim down, literally shoved everything in my bag, ran to Mackey's. I was like, I remember being late. We had a team meeting at like four or something in the afternoon. And obviously I'd done the final, done all the media. And I got back to the village and my meeting was in 10 minutes. And I was like, I'm getting a burger. I don't care. I sprinted to the um, food hall, which was miles away from our block, got a burger, literally eat, ate my burger, running back. I walked in the team meeting, thought I was going to get absolutely bollocked. And then luckily I didn't. Everyone stood up and clapped me. And I was like, I'm so sorry I'm late. I needed a burger. But it was literally like, it was, I thought I was going to get bollocked because I'd ran and got a burger rather than like, and it was two minutes late to the team meeting. But luckily it was fine. I didn't. How about the second presentation? You know, you're an old hand, is it by now, I guess. You know, how did that feel? It was weird not having like Joe there. Definitely weird and different experience. But I got to do like most of my media interviews with like Cassie, who again, I was really good friends with. So that was really lovely. Um, but it was definitely strange. But I think because me and Lottie had such a history together, like I'd been at my very first European juniors with Lottie. Like I have a lot of respect and love for Lottie. So I think that was always really nice to be with her. Um, so that was really good. And obviously having my parents there and stuff like that. And I just... I remember just being a lot more emotional for the 800 than I was the four. I think because it was just such a shock for the four and we were just so busy laughing together. Whereas the 800 was the real first moment where I like that moment came up in your throat and you're like, oh my God, I might burst into tears. Don't cry, don't cry. Because it was just 
all that hard work, everything that I've been through, my sister getting encephalitis, going through glandular fever and post-viral fatigue, having a shocking world and all those hard moments just come flooding back when you stood on the podium. It's almost like your life flashes before your eyes. And I just remember being like, oh my God. And again, hearing everyone singing the national anthem and looking up and seeing my mum and dad. And it was just, that was just amazing that presentation because I just let it all sink in I didn't really want to let it sink in for the 400 because I still I know I know I still had a job to do whereas for the 800 I could just embrace it I could just got to totally just enjoy it and just take it all in and just go wow and just what a moment it was and just feeling that emotion and everything else and Bill was the first thing that Bill said to me was I want to be the first one to say you're double Olympic champion he was like your life's gonna change I was like no it won't I was like don't be silly and it was like that was such a nice moment for me and Bill to kind of share that together because I was so proud of him like everyone was like oh well done Becky well done Becky but I was so proud of Bill like I was so proud that he had managed to do that. I wouldn't have got that result without any other coach but Bill. And I was so grateful. And I always say my parents are split between me, Bill, and my mum and dad. Like that is my medals, or all three of ours, because I just couldn't have done it without them. And I just felt that way with Bill. I was so happy for Bill. Like I didn't even care. I was so happy for him that he had done that, what he wants to achieve as well. So we're here now in, in 2020, obviously 12 years further on i mean you, you said there that bill said it's going to change your life well i mean we know clearly it did completely change your life no that one week what how do you look back on that period that one week of your life now you know what's your abiding feeling about it whirlwind absolute whirlwind from the minute i won my second gold medal and up until we landed back in the uk I can't remember eating, sleeping. I can't remember doing it. Like I can remember snippets, but it was such a will. I was being dragged left, right and center. I didn't have an agent. I was going to things. I would end up going to things going, why am I here? What am I here for? Like I genuinely didn't know where I was. I was literally just placed from one thing to the next thing to the next. And it was um, Dave Richards at British Women that was doing it all. And I literally was like, I got to the point where I was like, Dave, don't even tell me where we go. Like there was just no point because we were doing so many different media things and different things with different brands and sponsor commitments, Team GB. It was just like, I didn't know whether I was coming or going. I don't think I slept. I was literally like, blah, blah, blah. And then I tried to enjoy it and go on a few nights out with all the guys and the teammates and stuff, which was just amazing but that week of my life was an absolute blur like blur i wish i had had chance to just slow down a little bit more and enjoy that olympics that second week um because i didn't go to watch any other sports or anything and i really really wish i had gone to see other sports um and just embrace that but at the same time it was just an incredible whirlwind and one that i just yeah amazing amazing period but yeah that's double Olympic champion Rebecca Adlington recalling a phenomenal week for her at the 2008 Olympics. If you want more from the 20 at 20 series, you can get all of the articles, podcasts and a few videos at poolboy.co.uk forward slash 20 at 20. That's the number 20, A-T, the number 20. If you want to get in contact, it's at poolboy on Twitter or at poolboyuk on Facebook and Instagram. But until the next podcast, thanks for listening. 
You've been listening to a Pool Boy podcast special. For more episodes, visit www.poolboy.co.uk slash podcast. <laughs>